what you want, when you want it, where you want it. This is The Mesh. Hello and welcome to Brothers in Tech here on the Mesh.tv podcast network. So Brothers in Tech is our ongoing technology discussion show where my brother Brian and I get together and talk about a topic of uh, home or family related technology that we want to serve as a resource for all of you out there that may be serving as the default family or friend IT person. You know who I'm talking about. The ones who are getting the phone calls that, hey, my computer is not working or why can't I get email on my phone or what's happening? And they are kind of looking to you to be that that tech resource. Well, we're here with this show to help you uh, become as strong as you can in that field. Or maybe maybe you're someone that uh, you find yourself being the one making the phone calls. All right, let's just be honest. You're the one calling your friends and family saying, I need help. And maybe this is a way of becoming a little more self-sufficient. So we're here with this Brothers in Tech show. My name is Alan Jackson, and with me, my brother in tech, Brian Jackson. Brian, how are you doing today? I'm good, Alan. Alan, how are you? Uh, doing great. Yeah. Doing great. You just got back from doing some uh, camping uh, and some outdoor stuff, and you were you were without cell phone service. Is that oh what I understood? God. It was fantastic. For a, yes. a certain amount of time yes. there. Yeah. Zero social media, zero email as we will talk about today again um i'd say life was good life was really really good and i'm so so yeah. happy to be back and flooded in with my inbox <laughs> really really happy about that yeah just disregard all those emails of that i wrote you like with the subject line emergency need quick response please help uh just disregard yeah. all those i mean they they weren't really that important those all got sorted out right so. yeah you figured <laughs> yeah, <right. laughs> yeah. You're here, so right. I'm assuming that everything was not too bad. Yeah, I worked it out. Whatever the problem yeah. was, I, I got it figured still out. Have, so now we're glad to have you back. All your kids we're are glad still, to have you back in the digital everything, domain. Right? Everything's everything. Yes, yes. Okay. Everybody's great. <laughs> uh, we're glad to have you back here in the digital domain, yeah. Brian. So, as we talk about what you just alluded to, the uh, your inbox that you're looking forward to digging into, we have been talking about email this month. Uh, we had a main episode last week where we did talk about generally the, the ins and outs of email and uh, just some things to be aware of when choosing a type of email and using email for, for uh, you know, what it's intended for. But we also kind of alluded to in that same episode, Brian, you and I brought up a lot of things and started to say how there are some issues with, with email. There are some challenges. There are some frustrations. It's kind of one of those things where when you have a communication vehicle like email that's been around for now a good while, and it's pretty ubiquitous, pretty much uh, everybody uses it in some way, shape, or form, that's when a communication platform, if it doesn't keep evolving, can get a little frustrating, it can get a little stale, it can get a little difficult to use at times. I think that's where we are with email, and that's why I'm excited to be talking about creative solutions and creative uh, concepts in email a lot of new features that different email clients and new email programs are rolling out into their program that will just help alleviate some of these, these issues that I think we're all finding ourselves having a lot more. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <clears throat> no. And I think I'm, I'm at, 
you know, Alan, you you tend to get excited about what I consider some very boring stuff of backup and all that. I mean, I think I'm going to bring that up again. That was the one that really, really got you going. <laughs> and, and I have to say, I'm kind of embarrassed that this one actually gets me pretty excited. So I, I, yeah, it I okay. do. I do. And it's not, I was thinking about this, it's not that I, it's not that I like email. I actually don't like mm-hmm. email that much. But what I do like is I, I like trying to find new ways to make it more efficient. And, um, and mainly because I like to, you know, hopefully find a way not to have to deal with, uh, all the emails that come through, but, but I'm excited because there are some, I think there's some creative things that people are doing, um, with email clients, not necessarily to change email, but just to try to let you, let you kind of wade through this process in a little bit more efficient way. So I think it's good. Um, you know, I, I think, as you mentioned, we've got communications that have gone stale over the years, you know, the postal service, right, mm-hmm. which doesn't have a whole lot of things that it can do to make, you know, to make things different, right? It's almost becoming more yeah. of the classic now, the antique. Um, but email mm-hmm. is kind of going through that process of realizing, wait a minute, you know, people are starting to do text messages, people are starting to communicate in different ways, social media, so it needs to continue to evolve so that you can continue to do work in kind of a new a new yeah. way. So I'm excited, you know, and there, but there are some very clear problems that people have with emails. And, uh, but I think there's some neat solutions we can talk about today. So. There are some solutions. So what we're going to do is we're going to kind of talk through some of those broader issues with, with email. And then we do have some solutions for those. And a lot of these solutions are going to be features or tools uh, that some email programs that you may be able to use um, may provide. Some of them are things you can add on to your email programs. Uh, but there will be some of these solutions that, you know, your current email program may not be able to support. Mm-hmm. So in other words, it may, if this is important to you, if this is something that you really want to try to work on fixing, uh, you may need to be looking at a different email program in the future as an option. So let's talk about some of those problems, Brian, and uh, see if we can come up with some good solutions. For yeah, them. yeah. Shall I start? Yeah. I, yeah. yeah, why don't you go okay. ahead? What's the, what's the problem we, we see with the email that you want to throw out there? Well, I would say when we started thinking about this list, Alan, the one that I feel like almost everybody has to deal with um, is we've gotten to the point where there are too many things coming in our inbox. There's way too many messages coming in. And, and that could be because in your work environment, way too many people are communicating this way. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, it could be that you have clicked on links, which then subscribed you to lots of newsletters and lots of junk mail, but we've got a lot of stuff coming into the inbox. So I think the inbox itself, which is kind of our initial reservoir of information, um, if it gets overloaded, then it's kind of hard to be efficient, right? So yeah. if we've got too many things coming into our, uh, our inbox each day, what are, some, what are some ways that we can deal with that, Alan? So too many things coming in. I, I, I'm going to kind of equate it back to the postal service just because yep. I think that's the most apt comparison I can make from a physical standpoint uh, of what the email's like. When you go to check your, your, in, your, uh, your mailbox postal service, chances are, if it's like me, 90% or more is junk mail or just you know, coupons for grocery stores. It could be just any kind of marketing flyers, political ads, whatever it may be. 
So imagine if you could take that postal service and say, look, when it hits my mailbox, I automatically want anything that is a grocery coupon batch to go into this other little box, or I want political ads to go into this little box. And to know that they're already sorted out for you. That's where you can build some rules in your email to allow certain types of email to automatically have something done with them. So for example, if you, uh, a lot of email programs will allow you to create a rule that says, uh, based on either the subject, something that's in the subject line, uh, is it an email that um, seems to be like a mass email coming to a lot of people, not very specific to you? Does it have these words in the title or in the body or something? There's a lot of things you can, you can set up these custom rules and say that if an email hits my inbox that fits one of those rules, this is what you're going to do with it. It could be move it into a folder I've got called newsletters and anything that has the word newsletter in it or anything that comes from this particular email address I know is a, e a newsletter I'm going to want to read, but I just don't want it in my inbox. It can go and push right into a folder you set up uh, on your email program. So what it's doing is it's doing a little you're setting up your rules to say what's going to happen with my emails when they come in. So maybe they don't all just don't sit there in my inbox and wait for me to do manually something with it yeah. myself. So you, so yeah. you, you would suggest you can potentially, as you knew some of these things in advance, I know that that mm -hmm. particular type of email is going to come in this way. Then you could yeah. set those things up to not have to either deal with them or not have to flood your inbox. Right. Which I think it's good. That's right. Um, well, if, for example, like if I, yeah, if there is a newsletter I subscribe to and I want it, I don't want it to be, it's not junk. It's not, you know, something I actually do want to receive and read, but I don't want it taking up space in my inbox. I just want it to be put aside in a folder so I can go read it later. Then I could go into my mail program and say, all right, I want to create a rule that anytime an email comes in from either this email address, if I know the email address where the newsletter is coming from, or if the newsletter always uses a certain couple of words in its subject line, <clears throat> then I could use that as the filter yep. and uh, say, look, every time something meets this rule, then put it into a folder called my favorite newsletters. And that's where everything's going to be. It's still there. It's in my, in my email account. I can read it anytime I want to by going to that folder, but it's not taking up the room in my inbox and not distracting me from that when it happens. Yeah. 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 Do you use rules, Alan? Do you have rules set up in your A couple, yeah. a couple. Yeah. yeah. So for example, we manage a lot of websites. So if we get like little notes that certain websites are being updated, uh, you know, those are just nice notifications to get. And I do like having them on file and I do like reading through them, but they don't need to take up room in my inbox. Right. They're not critical for me to look at that day. So I know the sender of those email announcements. So I make sure that that particular sender, all their emails go into a folder that I can go as like an archive yeah. and just read at my own leisure. Um, and it's great because otherwise, yeah, I'd have double the number of emails hitting my inbox every single right. day. So it seems to me that this is, this is a good strategy to use if you have purposely signed up for something that you know is going to come repetitively, but you know also... Yeah is going to be something you don't want to kind of fill up your inbox and feel like you have to deal with. Uh, I've, yep. you know, I used to be on a, um, some, uh, technology newsletters where I wanted, I wanted those newsletters, but oftentimes they would come in, you know, 
uh, people would have chat discussions and you'd get an update on those things and you get them multiple times a day. So I wanted them, but I, I only wanted to read them, you know, once a week, maybe. Right. So that, yeah. and I knew they were all going to come from the same email address because they ended up mm -hmm. getting filtered that way. So that's a great solution for a rule where you know that you can manually set that up. So, but let's think about what's the problem with that is that you would have to know what all those, yeah. you know, emails are coming in in advance. Right. So you may, well, and you got to go and, well, yeah, you got to go manually set all those right. up and, and still like think through the process. You're still creating a rule. And, you know, if they change the email address that these things are coming from and your, your rule was based on looking for that email address, right. then it doesn't work anymore. Yeah. So yeah, there are some, there are some pitfalls with it. It takes more active management. Yeah. So think about, think about your, your, uh, physical mail again, right? So if you said, mm -hmm. I want to take, uh, you know, you get a, you get a, a coupon in the mail that says this is from Safeway and Safeway has a coupon book. Oh, okay. I'm going to create a rule that anytime Safeway comes in, it's going to go here. Well, next thing you know, one comes in yeah. from Harris Teeter. Oh, wait a minute. Yeah. I want to create one for that as well. And so all of a sudden you're having to manually yeah. work, right? What would be nice is if you could say, there are some characteristics about this that shows coupon. And if you see anything about coupon, then of course it carries throughout, right? Well, then the, that's kind of what a lot of email clients are starting to do now is they're starting to create some automatic filters for you. They're starting to get smart about, right. you know, this is junk and junk filters have been around forever, right? I mean, junk, uh, sure. you know, Gmail has got a really, really good one. We talked about that last time where they seem to have a pretty good idea when something is being sent with malicious or with kind of invasive uh, types mm -hmm. of, of actions. Um, but I am seeing a, a lot better use of this kind of automatic filters going on. So for, for example, um, there's a, an email client I'm actually going to mention a little later in our, in our bits, but uh, that will take your, uh, take your inbox and sort it out for you and actually have different subcategories within your inbox. So you're looking at an inbox, but it says at the top, here's your, you know, your, uh, contacts, things coming from your contacts. The next one is what we consider newsletters. The next one is what we consider kind of, uh, mass communication or other or something like that. So some so of them are starting just, to, using some of the, you. yeah, it's using some of the same type of, uh, uh, technology that is that spam filtering is using where it's just it's smart it knows that hey this is this is obviously a newsletter this right. is obviously an automated mailing that you know we can we can do something different with this so uh so and how would it how would it do choice, that I guess, becomes, yeah. yeah how would it do that think, that think about what's 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 common across most newsletters right maybe at the bottom it says here's our company address and here's how to unsubscribe you start seeing yeah. that if it's if it's noticing some of those things or it's being sent to not your email address specifically but maybe a group email address or something like that so it's yeah there's there are solutions based on your email client that can actually do some of that filtering for you and i think those are really really valuable to have um yeah and some of them they call them kind of smart features or something but you can actually turn on this filtering yeah. but you can also turn it off and say nope just show me everything um i well, have noticed some of them i tend to like that as well so i tend to like that better than relying on custom rules that i have to set up and kind of manage myself um and again i, I think as spam filtering has shown us like you said gmail has gotten so good with that 
that, uh, you know, trusting some of these uh, artificial intelligence engines to be a little smart with my email and know that, hey, look, I know I know what type of email this is and I can do something with it and not have to bother Alan with, you know, having to think about it. So um, I like that a lot. It's good. I mean, yeah, I, I definitely I need to experiment more with these automated assistants. I'm still very much mine are all very manual based rules mm-hmm. on my email, but I do like the idea of using something a little more automated yeah. that I don't have to manage as much. I will, I will give but a tip, no, Ryan, I will give a tip for anybody who does this though, yeah. so treat it, as you mm-hmm. said, treat it just like your junk filter. When you turn on a junk filter initially, or you start using Gmail or something, you do, you will have some random things that slip through and get considered junk that aren't junk. And True. you need to train it. You need to tell it, nope, that's not junk. And they learn really, really quickly. The same thing needs to happen here, though. You get something and you look and go, wait a minute. This is um, this is a, a school-wide email that's really important that it believes is a newsletter now, which is not. That's actually mm-hmm. communication I need. I just need to tell it that's not a newsletter. Train it. And then it starts to learn next time that anything from that email address is going to be a school, you know, um, notification, not just a newsletter. So, you know, don't, don't get frustrated if you use a new client and realize that, oh gosh, it's miscategorizing a few things. Just take a week, go through and look at what it categorized and change it. And, uh, they're really smart. Yeah. They, uh, they can do a lot of these things for you. And, and I think it will take a, you know, take a little bit out of your inbox, um, or at least out of your uh, your focus, so that you're not uh, stressing about that. Um, well, the other the one other way, though, Brian, that I think just managing the fact that a lot of emails are coming in, and I think this kind of maybe speaks to the bigger issue, is I think it's been so easy over the years to subscribe to newsletters and mailings and companies' emails and everything else that. I guarantee you that there's probably a lot of emails coming in for a lot of people that you really don't need to get any more mm-hmm. at all. Um, and I think I can, I've seen this hands on firsthand with people that I know and family and all that is that I've seen them just as emails are coming in, these automated emails, they're just immediately trashing them like, Oh yeah, I, here's another one from the same company. Just hit trash, hit trash. And you keep doing that. But there's actually an easier way. A lot of these email clients now give you a much cleaner way to unsubscribe from these emails. You know, yeah, I know you could click a link at the bottom of the, an email newsletter you get and try to look for that little word unsubscribe that you can click and it'll send you to a form and you got to fill that out. But I mean, I know uh, Mac OS 10 mail and I know some others, uh, uh, mobile ones as well let you just hit a little unsubscribe button. It detects this is a uh, automated email or some sort of mass email that you're, you subscribe to hit the little unsubscribe button and it will go through that process for you of unsubscribing from your email. So yep. I like that a lot. I do too. That, that, that was a great feature rolled out a, a while back and uh, makes it so much easier and just, you know, it's a little bit of a headache to go and manually try to unsubscribe from these things. Right. So to have it do it as a one button click, and it work. I mean, from what I can tell, it seems to work pretty, pretty good. Um, that's nice. I wish we had that for our postal service. You know, just uh, everything that comes in, I can just hit a button and say, yep, I don't ever want to see mm-hmm. that one again. Right. And I never get it again. Right. So uh, unsubscribe is probably the, 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 the holy grail of what we're talking about. Yeah. Really thinking about, you know, do you really need to be getting all these emails in? And are they causing you more time and energy 
to manage these than it's really worth? Are you really getting anything out of the emails that you're you're getting right now? Yeah, and and maybe on a more uh, fearful level. So I worry sometimes that the the unsubscribed link at the bottom of the email is really a malicious link that's going to then subscribe me yeah. to something else, yep. right? So just I, like we always I'm say, always don't, don't click on links. Well, the unsubscribe is a link. So what's nice about yeah. those is I know that there is no link that's going to be clicked on because the way those tend to work, or at least, so I mentioned Outlook last time as a really good mobile app. And I am hoping that you'll give that a shot, Alan, because it's an incredibly mm-hmm. good one. But it has the unsubscribed at the top of the newsletters. And when you click it, it'll then put up a little uh, little notification that says, okay, unsubscribed email has been sent. So it really is kind of sending it for you that says unsubscribe. Some of them may say, uh, this will not accept just an unsubscribe email. You must click on this and it'll notify you. But I just feel so much better about not clicking on a link that's part of an email that I already <laughs> that already stated that it's not an email, you know, company that I want to receive things from. So uh, yeah. I think that's that's a great yep. feature. All right. Well, those are all ways that you can basically manage the stuff that's starting to pour into your inbox. And I think you know uh, the biggest problem with the with inbox uh, on email is that that's where everything comes in. So everything comes into this one place. And if you don't really have these tools to manage it, you're just looking at a longer, longer, longer list of things you got to deal with. Now, let's say, Brian, that they have done these things and they've got the rules or they've got the automatic filters and they've unsubscribed from the things they don't need. It's still still going to say there's still probably going to be a lot of email. Um, You know, even after all that's done, you're probably still going to have a lot in your inbox. And I know for me personally, uh, I don't like having a lot of stuff in my inbox. Unfortunately, right now I do, but I wish I didn't because I feel like that's a stressor every time I look at it. And it's hard to kind of know where to get started and what to work on first or who do I need to respond to first. So do we have some solutions for once you've gotten those filters and unsubscribe things out of your inbox? What? How do you better manage what's still left behind? Yeah. So just to clarify, you're talking about you've already gotten rid of the things that you don't want coming to you anymore, or at least you've That's filtered right. them out. Right. Now or these or are at things least done something with yeah. them. Yeah. And now you've still got a lot of stuff. So what do you need to do with it? Right. I got a lot of stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So one of the things that I and this may not may not solve that problem, Alan, but um uh I've played around with a few email clients that kind of have two versions of an inbox. They have kind of your standard inbox and then they have maybe a focused inbox or a uh, uh, kind of this is the this is the inbox we think are the important things. And these are the inbox that we think are maybe not as important, but you still want them and you still want them in your inbox. Uh, Outlook is one of those uh, for mobile that has what's called a focused inbox. So if you turn that feature on and you say, yes, I want to be viewing the focused inbox, there are actually two tabs at the top. There's your what you're seeing is focused, and then there's the other. And um, so anything that comes in that uh, maybe, uh, so if we've already gotten rid of our newsletters, maybe this one is coming in as a um, uh, information that's broadly sent to more people. Uh, maybe it's, a, like I said, a university email that's going out, and it's not just directly to you, it's not addressed to you, or it's not even... Uh, 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 talking specifically as a communication with you, 
it'll move that maybe to the secondary inbox. So at least it's saying, listen, here are the communications that, you know, we know you've been engaged in and you can get to see those now. You can easily click over and see the others. What I love about what Outlook does, and some of the others have kind of followed this, is at the top of your focused inbox. So again, you're on the screen and you're mm-hmm. seeing the things that it thinks are really important. But the very top, yeah. it shows a little, a little, uh, almost like the very top message of that focused inbox yeah. is a small list of the things that are in the other inbox. So you'll start to see something like, um, you know, Pacific University, and um, you'll see uh, CNET and Amazon, and you've got these list of things that are building up in your other part of your inbox. So you can click on that and sh- shift over and be able to see what else has been sorted out. So in a way, this is this is further filtering what's in your inbox to what it believes is most urgent yeah. and necessary for you, and what it's not. Um, so again, you well, think it's placing that on, yeah, it's looking at things like, like you said, it, it's looking at, you know, e- emails that you are, are responding to ones you wrote. So mm-hmm. in, in generally speaking, if, if it's an email that you've already been engaging with and it's a back and forth conversation that can be seen as a little bit higher priority because it's obviously something you're already engaged yep. in versus someone that is writing you out of the blue that you haven't had a dialogue with, or maybe they're not in your address book. Mm-hmm. They're still writing directly to you, but maybe that's not as high a priority as some ones that you're already engaged in. Yeah, having that kind of organization a little bit for you would be great. Because yep. right now, when you look at a standard inbox, everything has equal weight. Yep. You know, everything it looks exactly the same. Uh, it's hard to know, hey, where should I start? A focused inbox like that will help you get a little more mm-hmm. focused. Um, I think that's great. I, that's actually something I have not played around with a lot yeah. before. And I, I, I'm kind of tempted to do the one thing though, Brian, I will say that's like a, a, a feature that I see more and more email clients rolling in that I think, I think is a huge time benefit if you use it correctly. And there's some dangers with it too, but the idea of snoozing in your inbox. So this is the idea that, okay, if I get Brian, if you send me an email today, um, saying, Hey, here are my thoughts about the episode we're going to record in September, which is still two months away. Okay. That's great. I appreciate you, Brian, being so far ahead of schedule <laughs> to give me that, but I have no intention on looking at that, those notes until probably the day before recording. Yep. Yep. <laughs> I mean, just, I'm going to go ahead and be honest with you here. So why does it take the day before? So you're actually going to, you're going to work ahead this time. (laughs) I'm going to put it, I'm going to have it in my (laughs) inbox the day before I may read it the hour before the recording. Um, But if if it's sitting in my inbox along with every other email, again, it's taking up space and it's kind of distracting my, my attention. So the idea of snoozing your inbox, if you have that feature on your email client means I can click an email that came into my inbox and say, you know what? I don't need to deal with this until September 1st and snooze it to that day. So it will disappear from your inbox and then come back and pop into your inbox on September 1st. Now, I love this concept. I was so excited about this when email clients started using it. There are dangers. Uh, The danger is is that, I mean, if you keep snoozing things, they're going to keep coming back into your inbox and all all you may be doing, as long as you're not using it as a way to just kind of keep kicking things down the road, they're still going to come back. But if it makes logical sense for an email not to show up in your inbox until a later date, 
this is great. Uh, you know, there's some things like a checklist of things I do every Monday morning at the beginning of the week. And there's some emails that kind of help drive that. But if I get those emails throughout the week and I'm not going to deal with them until Monday morning, I can just snooze those and say, you know what, show me these reminders Monday morning. And that way I'll deal with them Monday morning. They'll be more front and center. Um, it's just imperative that I still just keep working on making sure my inbox is managed better so that I'm not just delaying the inevitable, right. <laughs> you know, I'm right. still going to work on this stuff. So, yeah. So to me, snoozing is huge. I love this yeah. idea. Just, you got to be very, very mindful about how you use it, but if used correctly, it can really make your inbox more of a, the things in my inbox right now are truly things I need to be focused on right now yeah. and nothing else. No, I'm, I'm, I am absolutely with you on this. This to me is the, this is the biggest step that email is taking mm -hmm. now. Um, and, and I'll, I'll, I'll equate it to a problem that I see with another communication right now, which is uh, text messages, right? I mean, if you think about one of the main issues that I have in text messages, text messages is you send me a text. I see it. The moment I see it, I either have to deal with it now, but there's no way for me to say I need to respond to you tonight, right? There's no way really to put on there and say, you know what, tell me, make this new again tonight so that it cues me as I need to see that. It's basically oh. saying I need to deal with this now because if not, I'll forget about it, right? For example, the text I sent you yesterday that you probably saw come in, probably thought, you know what, I'm going to talk to Brian again tonight. And then you forgot about it, right? And then you didn't communicate with me or... In your case, maybe it was I mean, purposeful. Yeah. I don't know, but maybe I was just resentful that I've been trying to send you texts for the last two weeks, and uh, because you've been off the grid, they're just not going anywhere. <laughs> but maybe, maybe. But I see this as a problem that email um, that in the past has not made it easy unless you manually move things over to another folder, as we talked about earlier, made a rule, made a filter dealt with things, it's not making it easy to get through your inbox and actually feel like you're doing something with it. To me, the snooze is fantastic. Um, so I get something in the, and then you can actually work towards that zero inbox, right? Because even if you're not responding to that email, you're saying, you know what, that's really a Monday morning thing. It's Friday afternoon. I'm going to snooze until Monday morning because I know that's when I'm going to work on my email again. And I'll be able yeah. to get through that. It makes you feel as though you can leave work that day and have at least organized what's going to happen. Um, I want to I want to mention one other yeah. thing because it's really connected to this. Um, and I don't think sure. the email clients are doing this well. This is one of my aspirational things, Alan, is that instead of snoozing, mm -hmm. I kind of wish a lot of email clients would start to connect better with your reminders applications. So, for example... Mm -hmm. And instead of saying, I want this email to come back, say, I want yeah. you to set up a automatic reminder that cues me to deal with this email on Monday morning. So now I could get a notification on my watch. I can get a notification on my phone that says, you have a reminder to deal with this email. You click on it. Maybe it pulls that email out of another folder. And I know there are some that are starting to do that. Um, I've got a, and actually a lot of it's on the reminder side. There's a, there's an app called Things that can do a lot of reminding, um, but it can then, uh, you can go into your um, email if you're looking at it and say, save this to things, you know, or snooze this within mm -hmm. things or something like that. But I, I really wish a lot of them, because they have, some of these have reminder task list built in. 
So instead of snoozing, I kind of wish it would just say, you know what, we're going to put this over in another folder of tasks and you tell me when you want to be reminded to do it. And then that can be a cue. Um, so I think there's a couple yeah. of ways that we can creatively get through the emails and do something with them without actually having to fully engage in them, you know, and spend a lot of time writing an email. So, so I think that's a great, um, uh, a great direction that email is going. Um, and it really all comes down to that zeroing out your, uh, um, uh, zeroing out your, uh, your inbox, right. And try to have some clarity and yeah. what's going on. Absolutely. So everything we're talking about are ways that you can, because basically what it is email is a flat, just like text message. It's a flat linear type of uh, communication vehicle. It's always going to be whoever wrote you last is going to be at the top of the list and it doesn't show you priority. It doesn't show you um, any of those things unless you manually go in and have to keep managing that. So hopefully some of these, like those tools are helping at least keep that inbox a little bit more manageable and keeping your focus on it. Now I love the reminders idea. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, again, I've seen that. I, I kind of have a kludgy way of doing it with my to-do program yeah. I use yep. where I can take an email and, turn it into a to-do item on my to-do program, but it would be nice if that was a little more automated and uh, handled for me a little better. This podcast is sponsored by Jackson Creative, a custom communication agency located in downtown Hickory, North Carolina, specializing in online content creation. To learn more, visit thejacksoncreative.com. Jackson Creative, we tell your story. Yeah, so I think that takes care of that as well. So what what's a, what's another issue well, you've got? So I can tell you one of the more frustrating things that I have with email, and one of the reasons I think something like text messages are becoming more, um, uh, maybe a, a a priority for people to even do work on, is the the idea that so Alan, I send you an email you send it back to me or you reply to that email. I reply to your email. And then all of a sudden we get this long thread of things that happen, but not only a thread. So, you know, you and I may have put 10, 11 emails back and forth to one another. So there are 10 things out there. Plus each one of them is building on the other one. So that 10th or 11th one, I have to scroll through and see the remaining thread of what's happening there. So I find that collaborating with someone and communicating with someone in a discussion with an email is really wonky, right? That this is just not the greatest way to do discussion where we're actually kind of communicating with one another back and forth, or maybe even collaborating on uh, some sort of work. So I think communicating with others is an issue. Um, having, you know, information being sent back and forth and then having to deal with previous uh, communications that you've dealt with that person. So I find that me sending you an email and wanting to actually discuss something with you over email, I think is really wonky. So can you, can you give me, give me a, give me a potential solution for some of that? Well, I think there's, there's a couple. The first one I would think of is, is, for me, understanding when someone is seeing my email message is kind of is kind of important. It doesn't solve everything you just said, but it's one one step in the direction of of managing the communications a little better. It's like I just want to, 
you know, I want to make sure that somebody's reading something because what's going to happen. I've seen this happen plenty of times. I'm sure you have where you send somebody an email. Um, you haven't heard from them in a little while you send them again. So you've kind of added more to this complex chain and there's just more and more dialogue going on because you didn't hear from them the first time and you're sending them something else again, because you're not sure if they got the first one. So a lot of email programs are giving you the, the feature of saying, if you want to have email tracking, kind of a, it's called a read receipt where some verification that they have truly opened and looked at that email message. It actually saves a lot of headaches sometimes if, you know, if I'm expecting an email from somebody or I wrote them and I'm like, man, I haven't heard from them and I need to really follow up. But then I go look and say, well, they didn't even get the email from mm-hmm. me. They haven't even read it yep. yet. At least I, I, I know what direction I need to take as far as dialoguing with them. Um, you know, it can also be a little upsetting to get that and <laughs> so, yep, realize that, oh no, they read it like several weeks ago. They just still have not responded mm-hmm. to me. So, uh, but I do think that's one little, one little tool that's nice is just kind of manage that complexity of communications you're talking yeah. about is having read receipts turned on, having that email tracking capability to see who make sure they got the email and if they've read it or not is, is kind of some valuable information. And Alan, when, when, are those features that are, can be turned on message to message or is it? Typically. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. Typically it's a, it's a, I, I've, I've seen some where it's a blanket where everything yep. is being tracked. And I've seen some that you, when you send a message, you can check a box or turn it on to say, yes, I want to track this message. Yep. So yep. if it's not as important to you to find out every little email you sent and whether it's being open, but if there's a really critical, maybe there's something uh, very, very time sensitive or, or very of a financial sensitive nature. And you really want to make sure the person you sent it to got it and saw it and read it. And you can do the, the read receipt on an email by email yeah. mess, uh, message. Format. Seems like it could yeah. be a little big brotherish, right? Uh, to, you sure. know, you're, you're the boss yeah. and you send something out and you put a read receipt on it to make sure that all your employees read it and they know that there's a read receipt. Um, but you're right in that if it could certainly keep you from having those repeat emails. Hey, did you get that one, by the way, that I sent last that's week? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of a exactly. frustrating piece. Yeah. And that's really what it's meant for is to kind of avoid some of that. And just if I'm sending something of a very uh, sensitive, confidential nature, and I want to ensure it got delivered and the person I meant it to go to got it and read it, then it, those, those are some nice, that's a nice feature yeah. you can turn on with that. So. Well, let me, let me give you another one that, um, that I think can be yeah. helpful. Um, and I'm sure you have experienced this as well. So, you know, in my previous position, I was a department head. And so I was sending a lot of emails to people in my department and asking for a response. You know, hey, please, mm-hmm. please read this. And if you if you can do the action at the bottom, right, email me back with blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. Well, if I was doing my my work late in the evening, which I know you do a lot of your work late in the evening, maybe at, you know, mm-hmm. uh, after hours, let's say. But you also know the problem we mentioned earlier that people get a ton of emails. So if you send an email to someone at 11 o'clock at night, by the time they get to work and maybe read that email at 8 a.m. or 9 a.m., they may have had 100 other newsletters come in above that and are going to miss what you actually sent them. So one of the things I think is great is, is to the option of being able to schedule an email for a particular time. So right now, I want to work on it. Yeah. I want to think about this email. And I want to create this email, but I really would like it to show up in their inbox at 8 a.m. tomorrow morning when I know people are coming to work. Mm-hmm. So it's at least mm-hmm. t- toward the top of their their inbox um, so that they don't miss it. 
Um, so being able to schedule an email for a later time, I think is a yeah. great way to communicate when you know that there's a better time for it to show up in their inbox. Um, Cause exactly. I've, yeah, I've done that. Maybe send it on a Friday, horrible time to send something to someone on oh, a yeah. Friday and then mm-hmm. know that by the time Monday comes around, they've gotten all their newsletters, automatic spam, all of that stuff's coming in and they have to dig way far down. And most people don't do what they should do, which is mm-hmm. to scroll down and start with the oldest e- inbox. A lot of times they're starting at the top uh, yeah, and yeah. kind of working their way that's, down, which is that's, horrible. That's crazy talk, Brian. <laughs> Who does that? <laughs> Come on. Um, I'll tell you another benefit of the whole sending emails later, scheduling it to be sent later. So you take someone like me that I'm always ahead of schedule and finishing things. I am super efficient with my time and I get things done so much quicker ahead of schedule. I don't like waiting for the last minute. I'm surprised you're even able to get through that sentence. Yeah. So in a situation like me, where I have, let's say something that is, uh, I need to have to a client or I need to have to someone and it's due at five o'clock on Friday. And I have a history of always sending something on a Friday mornings, you know, to, to meet that deadline. Well, let's say I'm working super, super good that week and I get done on Tuesday and I've actually got it and I'm ready to send it. But yet I kind of want to keep a consistent you know, flow of when this stuff is happening. <laughs> you you want to be last it. minute like you always are. You don't want to freak them out. I, I don't early. want them to think I don't want them to think that I'm working ahead because then they'll start asking for those things earlier <laughs> going forward. So I'm just setting wow. better mm-hmm. expectations mm-hmm. by saying, you know what, I'm still even though I'm done way early, I'm still going to have this sent out Friday morning like normal. So I don't get them spoiled hmm. on uh, maybe me uh, changing my, my work. Again, that's a completely made up scenario. Uh, that does not happen at all in my in my world. But it's nice to think that the feature is there to satisfy me if that ever did happen. Yeah. So, yeah. Alan, uh, have you have you done many of these? Because I haven't done that many yeah. of the scheduled. Okay. So what I'm wondering though is, um, and I think this is the case. So when you click that you want to schedule an email for later in the week, it can still be edited, right? Yeah, I think it, I if I remember correctly, the one that it, it typically puts it in either some sort of send later folder or some sort of drafts folder. Yeah. So yeah, you could still go in and edit that. You're not locked in. It's not you know. So here's a yeah. Here's another a, maybe side benefit that I could really see being helpful is I've got something I want to go out to you know my department, and it really needs to go to them you know later this week. I'm going to write it now while it's fresh in my mind, and I think I've got it. But I've still got several days that if something new comes in my head, I can go and edit that and add something to it, or I can go and you know and rethink my tone that I that I put in this email, mm-hmm. and uh, probably sit on it a little bit. We always we always say that you know sending an email may be better than kind of sending a text that you may do a lot faster yeah. and you may have a chance to actually process it before you send it. So that might be another a good opportunity. Um, let me give you one other one about communication. And sure. this one I'm pretty excited about um, because it it really is a different view of email, something that we haven't had for um, uh, in previous clients, is this idea of collaboration. And I know you said that you didn't have much experience with this, and I haven't done a lot with it. But if you think about what, what the new features are with documents these days, like Microsoft mm-hmm. Office and Google Google Docs, the beauty of being able to collaborate with someone and write a document, we're writing a paper and my other 
co-writers are on this paper and they're able to, to add into the same document. Well, there are some of the email clients that have actually started this idea of collaboration on an email and taking the approach of, well, an email is a document, an important document that's going to be sent out to people. There needs to be multiple eyes on it before it gets sent out. Now, typically, how would we do that? I would send you an email, Alan, say, hey, Alan, review this email that I'm going to send out to people. You tell me what you think, right? And send an email back to me that gives me your edits. And then I end up editing and resending back out. It's kind of nice as I could say, Alan, you and I are going to send this message to our department, okay? Or it's going out to the department. I need your eyes on it. I'm going to invite you as a collaborator on this email. And it doesn't go out until we're both signed off on it. But you go and you can edit it. You can see what's happening. I can see what you've done. We say, good, we're good to go. Let's send it together. And it goes out. So there there are features now that can put collaborators or teams on an email, um, and I think that's really exciting because, you know, in a business environment, you know, rather than, I mean, I've had it multiple times where I'll send an email, say, what do you think? They send it back. And I accidentally grabbed the first version instead of the second version because there's so many of them floating oh, sure. around then. So, yeah. So I think collaboration. No, I, I, anything that helps build collaboration in email, I'm all for. Because, I mean, thing is, if that's still our primary vehicle for sending electronic communications to one another. It is still my preferred method over text messaging yep. or whatever. Yeah. Is I still like having email. I'm still like having everything searchable and documented and in folders and with attachment files and all that. But yeah, the collab. But what you described is can be maddening uh, from a collaboration standpoint. So any any tools or features that help turn email into a better discussion thread, um, focused on the people who are having that discussion and not tying up your inbox unnecessarily with just tons of back and forth responses. I'm, I'm all for yep. it. Absolutely. Yeah. Yep. So I think yeah. that, I think that's again, starting some really these, cool yeah. things, uh, direction yeah. for email to make it a little bit different of a tool, not just a one directional kind of yeah. email back and forth, but actually saying, all right, there are certain things that I need to comment on and I need to kind of communicate with, but that aren't going to be the final version of blasting something out. I think that's great. Yeah. I'm, uh, Absolutely agree. Yeah. And so all these kind of features we've been talking about, you know, again, some are on different email clients, some are on others. There are some email clients that might have all of these. I don't know. It's it's really depending on what the the developer of that application decides to put in there. Like, for example, I think Mac OS 10 mail that I use on my desktop, I know it has rules I can set up. I know it does the unsubscribe uh, for me. Um but that's about it. You know, it, it's not very heavy on a lot of these extra features. Yep. But then you look at some newer uh, Mac or mail programs on your phone or a mobile device, and they typically will be pretty stacked with a lot of yep. these, the newer ones yep. coming out. So yeah. And I, are there any other problems or features? Brian, well, I've, we got, need to be kind I've of- got one other, and, and this is more of a feature rather than a problem. It's actually a problem I didn't realize I had until I saw the feature and then it, and then it made sense that that was a problem. You know, most of our email clients, when we open our email, the first thing we're seeing is a big inbox of things. And as you said, when you see a lot of things in your inbox, it causes stress and problems right away that says, Oh, now I got to, I'm, I'm overloaded with this. Okay. There's a, there's a, uh, there's a couple of email clients that I've tried, one of which is called Boomerang. And uh, and I'm not 
necessarily promoting it as a email client yet because I think it's got some quirks to it. But <clears throat> what I really like about it is that it gives you what, what I'll call kind of a dashboard approach to when you open up your email, it gives you a snapshot of your, not only your day. So here's your agenda of the things that are coming from your calendar, but also, you know, here's how many new emails you have. And here's, here's uh, how many threaded emails you have that you are kind of getting responses from. And then also kind of gives you an idea of like, it should take you about 10 minutes to get through this, you know, inbox. And it's kind of going with how many of them are newsletters, how many of them are actual, you know, engagement emails and all of that. And I like that because then it's, it's basically, well, do I really need to, do I need to deal with this right now? Uh, or can I click on one of those and just see certain things? So it starts to do some filtering. Um, to me, I'm a big fan of, you know, the phone being a little bit more like a dashboard where if I could take one glance and I could see my calendar and I could see what's coming up and I could see the most recent emails all at once, then I could decide whatever I'm, where am I going to go from there? Um, so I think that's kind of a nice feature that could be built into a lot of these where the first time you open it up, it's not opening up to this maddening long list of things that it's opening up to. Yeah. All right, let's, Let's give you an idea what's happening Something here. More guided. And where do you need to go? Yeah. You need to go to your calendar. Do you need to go to your task? Do you need to go to your email? And what's the direction there? So, so there's some there's some yeah, cool. there's some cool things that are happening. Uh, as you said, a lot of these are being kind of implemented into different mail clients now. I will say there's very few of these clients that do all of them. And a lot of them yeah. kind of hang their hat on one or the other. And they say, ooh, we're big because of the snoozing uh, feature or we're big because of the collaboration feature. And I'm hoping that, you know, some of these mail clients will eventually have all of these options that you can turn on or off based on your own preference and uh, what you want to yeah. use. So it would be nice. Yeah. Well, I think our goal here to just to kind of explain that there is a lot of things happening in the world of email features and benefits that, you know, could be added to your existing uh, email program, could already be there and you just haven't used them before, or may cause you to, to take a look at maybe some other email clients, uh, e email programs you could use if any of these features we talked about really kind of strike your fancy. And uh, it's great. Yeah, I, I, I'm still very optimistic on email. I still think that, you know, with some of these kind of tools and with the right software packages, it can be a really great uh, communication vehicle again. It's just uh, we got to get past some of the the glut of stuff yep. that we've kind of talked about in our problems here for sure. Yeah. So, yeah. so that's some creative strategies and kind of features or services with regards to email. Um, now, Brian, we always kind of finish up our discussion, our show episodes here with our brothers and tech suggestions, especially if we try to have one that's a little related to what we just talked about in the episode itself. So let me ask you, what is your brothers in tech suggestion, your bits for this episode? Yeah, bits. Um, well, I'm excited about this one. This is a, um, I thought I would kind of present a, um, an email client that I think checks a lot of these boxes that we talked about today and is really doing some exciting things um, in trying to develop email with a lot of these uh, solutions in mind, such as collaboration and being able to snooze and all of that. So I'm going to, I'm going to, my suggestion uh, for this episode is Spark, Spark email. Okay. And now mm -hmm. Spark, um, I will say I tried Spark probably a year or so ago when they were first coming out. And uh, 
and I liked it and I was really excited about some of the features, but I went right back to Outlook and Outlook Mobile uh, mm -hmm. because I found that Outlook was just incredibly solid and I mentioned them last time uh, and I still think that's the case. But now I went back to Spark again after they came out with a new version, uh, probably, I think it was a couple months ago now. And mm -hmm. they've tightened up a few things, made it a little cleaner. Uh, let me get, give you a quick overview of some of the, uh, the things I like about Spark. So Spark does a um, automatic filtering version of your, of your inbox. So uh, it's one where when you pull up Spark, you see your inbox. It can sort your inbox by the very top is kind of the most important messages. The next section is newsletters. The next section might be kind of others. Uh, there's different types mm -hmm. of uh, sections. So when you're looking at an inbox, they're really actually trying to make your inbox one screen. So rather than the scrolling that tends to happen when we have 30, yeah, 40 new true. emails, they want it to be one screen. So your section might be divided into thirds. The first third might show you the first three or four uh, good emails or the uh, important emails, and then it'll say, click here for the others. And then the next section, here are the first three or four newsletters, click here for the others. Um, so it kind of gives you that snapshot a little bit like a dashboard, but also allows you to engage with those emails right away. So I like that. Uh, I love that it does some automatic filtering. You can turn that off and just make it a normal inbox. Uh, it has the snooze feature, so you can go in and kind of uh, adjust your preferences on snoozes. So maybe you're someone who wants the right. ability to change it to tonight. I work at, you know, I work after dinner. So let that one come up mm -hmm. at nine o'clock or let it be tomorrow at seven, let it be next week. So you can do that very easily on the mobile. You can do it very easily with a swipe for snooze and then you choose your option and there it goes. Um, the thing that I think it, it does that's fairly unique is this idea of collaboration and the collaboration. Mm -hmm. um, we talked about this before, Alan, but I can invite team members to my email. So let's say you and I become a yeah. team member, right? I set up a team that is, you know, brothers in tech. And what that does is any email that we're sending as a team or that we're communicating as a team, you can actually take a social media approach to this as well. I can have an email and then you can actually comment on the email to me. So let's say I send an email mm -hmm. to all of our employees and you want to make a comment on that email, write to me. So the comment only comes to me, not to everybody that got that email. So I can pull right, up that email right. and down below see your comment says, hey, listen, we probably need to follow up on this again next week. Or, mm -hmm. you know, let's make sure John gets on this, right? That doesn't go to everybody, doesn't bother everybody's inbox, um, but it shows a way for you and I to collaborate a little bit more deeply with it. Um, so it's got, a, I, I just think there's a lot of really, really good, um, kind of uh, features that it's trying to put into um, into play. Mm -hmm. I think it does a really good job. It does have both a, an iOS and a Mac OS and an Android version. And I noticed today on the website that they're creating a Windows version now uh, that's going to be coming up mm -hmm. soon. So it could be one that could be, you know, um, fairly uh, fairly ubiquitous across your, uh, across your different yeah. devices. So, well... Definitely from my standpoint, having the same, I'm a, I think I mentioned this on the last program. I really like having the same program on my 
desktop that I do on my mobile device. Right. Something about that. I mean, it's not to say that I couldn't use two different email programs, but something about the consistency and just feeling like I'm as, as efficient as I can be is if I've got the same interface or same style program on both uh, all my devices. So having this Spark be available on Mac and on the iOS on iPad and iPhone is really a, a nice thing. It looks like it's free yep. uh, to use unless you really want to grow more of those collaborative features with right. other team members, right. then then it moves into a paid per month type of service. Yeah. But it sounds like for an individual <clears throat> user, someone that doesn't really need a whole lot of collaboration, isn't working with a large team of people, um, sounds like you could probably get by without yeah, and Yeah, and I certainly would suggest using the free version uh, and seeing, because to me, email is one of these things that has to be comfortable. You know, you have to like the way it, it looks, you have to like the way it feels, you have to like the way of your, you're working with emails before you're going to start to pay for something because you'll get frustrated with it. Yeah. You're using it so much. I will also say, Alan, there's one other, it's not necessarily a feature, but it's, it's something I probably should have mentioned early in the uh, episode that I really believe your email client, especially on the mobile needs to have, which is calendar integration. And if you don't have mm -hmm. the calendar integration within it, like I, this is one of the things I don't like about mail for iOS, the standard mail is yeah. that calendar is a separate app. So if you said I wanted mm -hmm. to schedule something, it has to jump you over to another app. Spark has the calendar built in, so you can click the little calendar button and show what's going on that day, showing what's going yep. in the future. You could schedule something with an email. So, um, yeah, I I, uh, I really think Spark's on to some some cool things. It's it was what I would say would be the standard email client with a lot of upgrades. Whereas yeah, we're going to talk later right, about okay. some unique approaches. This is really standard with upgrades, um, and it, it's worth yeah. a try. So cool. Yeah. Well, uh, so my brothers in tech suggestion, my bits is um, it takes a different approach. It's assuming that, hey, let, let's say I'm a Mac OS X mail user, which I am right now, uh, or I'm an Outlook user, and I've already kind of, I'm, I really like the platform I'm in. Maybe I'm a Google, uh, a Google Mail, like through a web browser user as well. But I definitely want some more features on my email program. I'm, I'm, I'm happy with the program I'm using. I don't want to change programs, but I just want some of those features that we were just talking about to be added into my existing email program. There is a service called Mail Butler. So email, like, you know, mail like email, Mail Butler, M-A-I-L-B-U-T-L-E-R, that will take your either OS X mail program, your Google, or your Microsoft Outlook program, and it will add extensions to it. So imagine you're using your same program that you're used to using, but now you've added Mail Butler extensions on there. And it gives you a lot of the capabilities we've been talking about. So, for example, email tracking, that's in there. Sending later, saying you want to write now and have it sent later, it can schedule your emails. Uh, it can do notes and tasks associated with your emails, like we mentioned. Um, it does do the, uh, let's see, where are some other ones I was looking at? I just had it a second ago. Uh, it does some signatures, like you can build some custom signatures for your emails. Um, you have templates of different email messages. If you want to already have pre-designed emails, a certain different templates to work with, you can do that as well. Uh, snoozing, it does do snoozing uh, for your emails as well. So there's a lot of features. Uh, undo your sending, which I think is pretty wild. So like Ooh. once you hit send now, it gives you a little bit of grace time that if you decide you want to undo <laughs> that send, it can go back and pull it back in for you. Um, 
so it's nice. And uh, it is something I like the fact that, you know, if you're pretty settled on your email program, it is a way of adding those features on there. Um, pricing, it, it's a, you know, it is a pay per, mo pay per month model to get all of the real, the, the features I was talking about. It's about $9 a month. Um, that may be a little pricey for, for added email functionality, but if you are really, really solid on your email program, you don't want to change, but you desperately need these kind of features to get your life, uh, your email life a little more organized, nine bucks a month might be worth it. That's the professional level. They have a free version, but it doesn't give you hardly any of the features we talked about. It just gives you two or three kind of, uh, real simple ones. The essential version will give you the undo send. It'll give you, uh, uh, attachment reminders, but that's about it. It doesn't give you a whole lot more beyond that. Really to get the kind of features we were talking about, the snoozing, sending later, uh, having notes and tasks and follow-ups uh, uh, put against your emails, it will cost that $9 a month level at the professional level. Uh, so I like Mail Butler. They've been around for a long time. I have actually used them in the past. I'm currently not using them because I am in the process of evaluating other email programs in general. But if I did decide to stay with Mac OS 10 long-term, I could see myself actually going forward and using this because the snoozing, the sending later, the, some of these features are really important ones that I, I want to get, get a hold yeah. of. So, no, that's good. <clears throat> so someone who's really, yeah. really happy with all the, the normal driving of your email, right? The the, uh, yeah. the way it looks, the way it the way it works. You can just add some new features to it. So that's great. That's yeah, right. That's cool. Yeah. So that's kind of your two paths. Either you could look at a completely new email program that has all the features you want, or you could look and see if a service like Mail Butler will give you those features on your existing mail program. So you got a couple couple options to look at there. Nice. All right. All right. Well, Brian, that was our brothers and tech suggestions. And that is here the end of this episode where we've been talking about email, but it's our deep dive episode where we're talking about features and kind of creative solutions for the problems that email technically has, uh, typically has with it. So uh, we do have another deep dive scheduled on this email yeah. topic, Brian, where we're going to be talking about um, some more kind of interesting alternatives to email uh, unique approaches to email, very, very different than just your traditional uh, get my email box and, and, and emails are coming in as they, as they hit the box and I have to read them and respond to them. We're going to take a look at our next deep dive at some more unique approaches mm -hmm. that haven't replaced email yet, but may be on the cusp of looking to do that in the future. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, so we'll look at talking about that shortly. Yeah. So trying to, trying to really rethink email and uh and our communications i think that'll be that'll be exciting because that's kind of on the horizon right where things are going hopefully all right well we're going to go ahead and wrap up today's discussion uh but as a reminder to you you've been listening to brothers in tech here on the mesh.tv network it's kind of our tech show based on uh, uh reaching out to those individuals serving as the default it person for your family or friends uh, or just helping those that want to be a little more self-sufficient to understand technology a little bit more and how it applies to your family or home home use. Brian, if anybody's got some questions or suggestions for us, how can they go about reaching out to us? Yeah. So if we have any members of the brotherhood that would like to give us some, some information, uh, try to tell us uh, some issues that you would love us to talk about in the future, um, you can email us at info at the mesh.tv, uh, info at 
themesh.tv. Uh, tell us, uh, tell us how you use email, the frustrations you have email, uh, that we can kind of bring forward. If you've got some other strategies that we can, uh, give to, uh, give to our listeners, uh, we'd love to hear them. Uh, or if you've got some new topics we're we're currently looking at, you know, what topics we're going to be moving on to next. So we'd love to hear, uh, some, uh, some suggestions for you. So info at the mesh.tv. All right. Well, thanks everybody for listening. This has been Brothers in Tech here on the Mesh.TV podcast network. And we will look forward to talking to you next time. Bye-bye. You've been listening to The Mesh an online media network of shows and programs ranging from business to arts, sports to entertainment, music to community. All programs are available on the website as well as through iTunes and YouTube. Check us out online at themesh.tv. Discover other network shows and give us feedback on what you just heard.